The great dreadful day of God's wrath and judgment approaches. To most, the Bible declares this day will come as a thief in the night. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 The lack of concern from the masses is staggering, and this willful ignorance will soon see the extended hand of God's salvation retracted. Salvation truly is a limited-time offer. Decisions must be made now, for at the day of Christ's return, repentance will no longer work. Is God's word true and righteous altogether? Will I then be held accountable for its words at a soon-coming judgment day? Without faith, it is impossible to please God, and without faith in the shed saving blood of Jesus Christ, salvation is not possible. The very good news is that every man and woman, every boy and girl, has been dealt a portion of faith, every one. Have you yet to be born again, born a second time? This time of the Spirit of God will today be the day you exercise your God-given childlike faith, and you have it, and become born a literal second time. Today all your sin and shame can be expunged from your record and all of Satan's bondages in your life broken. Judgment approaches for you. God's hand is extended. Grab hold of it. The prophet Joel writes in chapter 314, Multitudes, multitudes, in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near, in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord is near. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Job chapter 40, 15 through 17, Behold now Behemoth, which I have made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo now, his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. God said, Psalms 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God said, Psalms 14, 2 and 3, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Man said, Supernatural things found in the Bible are only myths, and certainly supernatural things don't happen today. Everybody with an ounce of sense knows this. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 909, that will once again certify the inerrancy of God's holy Bible. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the building up of the blood bot and as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Be sure to take advantage of these powerful features. One, you have questions? God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Number two, use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love it's so quick and easy. Number three, imagine you can download nearly 346 hours of God Said, Man Said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. 
Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. Why all the contortions, all the mental and spiritual gymnastics, all the contentions employed by the fallen sons of Adam to dodge the obvious truth? The answer is simple. Jesus clearly defines the issue in John three nineteen and 20, and believe me, this is the answer. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. In this series, all the loopholes have been eliminated. Proof beyond any reasonable doubt has been supplied. No excuses are left. This feature will address God proofs 176 to 180. Number 176, Job chapter 40, 15 through 19. Behold now Behemoth, which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. The Bible declares the dinosaur behemoth, whose tail is like the cedar. Several excerpts follow from God Said, Man Said featured dinosaur and sea monsters of the Bible found. Dinosaurs, those terrible lizards, lived contemporaneously with man and exist in the annals of history. The earth and its universe are just over 6,000 years of age. Academia's insistence that the fossils of dinosaurs, various sea monsters, and others are millions, even hundreds of millions of years old, is a clear demonstration of what grows up when unbelief is planted. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 calls it the deceivableness of unrighteousness. In the 1793 statistical account of Scotland, a sober government report read, In the end of November and beginning of December last, many of the country people observed dragons appearing in the north and flying rapidly towards the east, east excuse me, and from which they concluded, and their conjectures were right, that boisterous weather would follow. Flying reptiles have been reported as recently as the early 1900s. Author John Whitcomb, in his book, The World That Perished, states, Evolutionary scientists believe that dinosaurs became extinct many millions of years before men appeared on the earth, but the Bible indicates that men and dinosaurs have lived contemporaneously. And then again, Whitcomb, referring to articles in National Geographic, writes, Scientific discovery confirms biblical revelation at this point. If we understand dinosaur in its original meaning of terrifying lizard, then dinosaurs are not yet extinct. About 1,000 huge dragon lizards still survive on the small Indonesian island of Komodo. Only about 500 years ago, the Epionis, a dinosaur bird nearly 10 feet tall and weighing half a ton, still lived on the island of Madagascar. The time has come for a totally new perspective on dinosaurs in relation to earth history and mankind. We found the following paragraph in Derek Isaac's book, Dragons or Dinosaurs. 
The statement was made by Samuel Hubbard, Honorary Curator of Archaeology of the Oakland Museum. He and C.W. Gilmore, the Curator of Paleontology at the United States National Museum and others, were on an expedition uh, to the Havasupai Canyon to study pictographs, petroglyphs, and artifacts left behind by ancient American Indians. Hubbard said the following, The fact that some prehistoric man made a pictograph of a dinosaur on the walls of this canyon upsets completely all of our theories regarding the antiquity of man. Facts are stubborn and immutable things. If theories do not square with the facts, then the theories must change. The facts remain. End of quote. Isaacs reports records of ancient historians. Several excerpts follow. Josephus by no means stands alone as a respected historian recording stories of flying reptiles, more specifically those called dragons. In fact, other historians uh, gave even more detail. A Roman historian named Pliny the Elder wrote an encyclopedic work titled Natural History, which was relied upon for scientific matters up to the Middle Ages. In it, he spoke freely of dragons. It is India that produces the largest elephant as well as the dragon, who is perpetually at war with the elephant and is itself of so enormous size as to envelop the elephants with its folds and encircle them in its coils. The contest is equally fatal to both. The finale of the battle is visually dramatic. The struggle leaves both combatants dead. Pliny left his readers with a definitive logical ending to an ending to an encounter between two powerful creatures. But this is not an anomaly for Pliny. Multiple times he spoke freely of the dragon. The nineteen seventy three World Book Encyclopedia printed this The dragons of legend are strangely like actual creatures that have lived in the past. They are much like the great reptiles, dinosaurs, which inhabited the earth long before man is supposed to have appeared on earth. In Derek Isaac's book, Dragons or Dinosaurs, you'll find this also. This threat to evolution identified by World Book did not fall idly by without an attempt to rectify this thorn in the side. This kind of irritant, even amongst secular sources, required a retort and demanded a response. To answer that call, none other than the late Carl Sagan, one of the most renowned and famous atheistic evolutionary thinkers, answered the call to arms with his book, The Dragons of Eden. Sagan knew that this dragon phenomenon, if it was left unaddressed, would spell disaster for the worldview built on Darwin's theory of origins. In a nutshell, Sagan argued that the worldwide phenomenon of dragon accounts could be explained by humanity having reincarnated memories that were passed down from our pre-human ancestors who actually lived at the same time as dinosaurs. He tried to make the case that in our dreams, we view past life experiences of our pre-human ancestors. These memories are supposedly inherited from our pre-human ancestors before they mutated into humans. Let's walk through his idea in his own words, starting with his simple admission to the obvious. 
The pervasiveness of dragon myths in the folk legends of many cultures is probably no accident. He then acknowledged a couple of sentences later that it is a worldwide phenomenon. To answer this in an evolutionary way, Sagan had to offer an explanation as to why ancient people had vivid imagery of what dinosaurs looked like, acted like, ate, and even how many of them reproduced without anyone ever seeing the creatures with their own actual eyes. This is because, according to evolutionary theory, man should never have seen a real living dinosaur. We are supposed to be separated by 65 million years of time and space. End of quotes. Dinosaurs live contemporaneously with man, just like the Bible says. God Proof 177, Psalms 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Romans 1, verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This is the ultimate understatement. The power of words are immeasurable. The Bible declares that God created the earth, its universe, and all its life forms and marvels with his invisible words. Even the word universe, universe, means one story, all invisible words. Consider this short excerpt from Dr. B. H. Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief. No, there has not been a printing mistake. Atoms are made out of invisible energy, not tangible matter. So in our world, material substance, matter, appears out of thin air. Kind of weird when you think about it. Here you are holding this physical book in your hands, yet if you were to focus on the book's physical material substance with an atomic microscope, you would see that you are holding nothing. Fortunately, leaders in the field, such as Johns Hopkins University physicist Richard Kahn Henry, are addressing the misperceptions about the perceived primacy of the material world. Henry offered an elegantly simple definition on the true nature of the universe. The universe is immaterial, mental, and spiritual. Live and enjoy. Everything is made out of God's invisible words, live and enjoy. God Proof 178, Psalms 14, 2 and 3. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Sound bizarre? Not one sinless do-gooder on the entire earth, not one, and that Christ alone can lay claim to such goodness? According to Dr. Patrick Carnes, 20 million Americans are sexually addicted. Internet security company Palisade Systems monitored a popular file-sharing service to determine how people use the system. During the three-week study period, Palisades monitored 22 million searches and randomly selected 400,000 for detailed analysis. The most commonly sought material was pornographic, 
with 42% of all searches, adults 35%, children 6%, pornography. A study in the United States done by the Computer Security Institute and the Federal Bureau of Investigation concluded that in the year 2001, American companies lost a total of $265 billion from abuse by employees of Internet access. Remember that 70% of the Internet traffic in pornography takes place from the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. 13 million Americans are alcoholics. 20 million, 100,000 U.S. residents have taken illicit drugs in just one month. In 2008, 2,222,196 burglaries were reported in the USA. According to the CDC, 110 million Americans have STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, at any given time. We could highlight statistics concerning adultery, premarital sex, homosexuality, bestiality, violence, fraud, rape, and more, but I think you get the point. To those who have a hard time acknowledging their sin, one particular minister uses a novel approach in one-on-one interviews. He asks young adults, have you ever told a lie? Have you ever taken something that was not yours? Have you ever had sex out of wedlock? His list of questions continues. If they answer yes to these questions, They admitted that they were lying, thieving fornicators. It's obvious that all have sinned and that we all need the saving shed blood of Jesus Christ to absolve us of all of our sins and to give us the power to live a holy life. God proof number 179, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Mark sixteen seventeen. the King of Glory says this, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. The initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost to the church took place on the day of Pentecost, and Acts 2, 1 through 4 records this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. When one prays in an unknown tongue, the knowing part of the brain, specifically the frontal lobe, is significantly disengaged, as Corinthians states, my understanding is unfruitful. The following news release was published by UPI November 7, 2006, under the heading, Fascinating Discovery, Brain Activity Declines as Subjects Speak in Tongues. It reads, Medical scientists at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine have measured regional cerebral blood flow while subjects spoke in tongues, discovering there was decreased brain activity in the subjects during the process. We noticed a number of changes that occurred functionally in the brain, said the principal investigator, Dr. Andrew Newberg, an associate professor of radiology, 
psychiatry, and religious studies. Our finding of decreased activity in the frontal lobes during the practice of speaking of tongue, in tongues is fascinating because these subjects truly believe the Spirit of God is moving through them to speak. Our brain imaging research shows us that these subjects are not in control of the usual language centers during this activity, which is consistent with their description of a lack of intentional control while speaking in tongues. According to the UPI report, the research appears in the November issue of the Journal of Psychiatry Research, Neuroimaging, end of quote. The lead paragraph in the November 2 UPI news track story read this, U.S. scientists in the first-of-its-kind study have found decreased brain activity in people speaking in tongues, a condition known as glossolalia. The unusual mental state is associated with some religious traditions and occurs when people appear to be speaking in an incomprehensible language, yet perceive it to have great personal meaning, end of quote. The scriptures record, as quoted earlier in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. My father, who was and is a man of God, died in 2004 and went home to be with the Lord. Several years before his death, he had suffered a stroke, and he lost his ability to speak. A few days after this stroke, the phone rang in my office. My sister was visiting at the hospital and calling to inform me that it did not appear that things were improving. My father was also a minister of the gospel who had been filled with the Holy Ghost for over 40 years, as they were on the day of Pentecost. I asked my sister to put the telephone to our father's ear. I spoke to my father and told him that I was going to speak in a new tongue and for him to do likewise. As I began to magnify the Lord in tongues, he began to speak fluently in a new tongue. He had lost his ability to speak and was in somewhat of an incoherent state. But the Holy Ghost, like rivers of living water, came forth from within his belly as he magnified the Lord. The Holy Ghost functioned, and he was able to speak in tongues, yet he could not speak or communicate in his understanding. The Holy Ghost bypassed his brain. Speaking in tongues is perfect praise and prayer and is the function of the Holy Ghost. The cognitive use of words and phrases which take place in the brain is basically bypassed. This is exactly what science is finding out. 2,000 years ago, the words, my understanding is unfruitful, were penned, and today's science confirms it true. God Proof 180, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Matthew 1, verse 23, And behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. It was a battle royale waged in Israel, and the battle was over the Jesus box. The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Forgery Trial of Jesus Box Ends. Today, the cautionary note attached to the first of two God Said, Man Said features on the so-called Jesus Box comes down. The front-page caption of the May-June 2012 issue of Biblical Archaeology Review reads, Defendants Acquitted in Forgery Trial. Several foundational paragraphs follow from our original features on this matter. 
Recently, quite a stir was made over the archaeological find of an ancient ossuary discovered in Israel. This ossuary was a 20-inch long box which once held the bones of a dead man. Between the years 20 B.C. and 70 A.D., it was a burial custom to place one's bones in the ossuary for final burial after the flesh was fully decayed. This find was especially electrifying because of the inscription on its side. It read, Yaakov bar Yosef Akka di Yeshua, which means James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus. The following excerpts were found in an AP article dated October 22, 2002. A burial box was recently discovered in Israel and dates to the first century could be the oldest archaeological link to Jesus Christ, according to a French scholar whose findings were published Monday. An inscription in the Aramaic language, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus, appears on an empty ossuary, a limestone burial box for bones. Andre Lemire said, It's very probable the writing refers to Jesus of Nazareth. He dates the ossuary to A.D. 63, just three decades after the crucifixion. Lemaire, a specialist in ancient inscriptions at Francis Practical School of Higher Studies, published his findings in the November-December issue of Biblical Archaeology Review. The Reverend Joseph Fitzmaier, a Bible professor at Catholic University, who studied photos of the box, agrees with Lemaire that the writing style fits perfectly with other first-century examples. The joint appearance of these three names, uh, these three famous names, is striking, he said. But the big problem is, you have to show me the Jesus in this text is the Jesus of Nazareth, and nobody can show that, Fitzmaier said. Lemire addressed Fitzmaier's question further in the article. All three names were commonplace, but Lemire estimates only 20 Jameses in Jerusalem during that area would have had a father named Joseph and a brother named Jesus. Moreover, naming the brother as well as the father on an ossuary was very unusual, Lemire wrote. There's only one other known example in Aramaic. Thus, this particular Jesus must have had some unusual role or fame, and Jesus of Nazareth certainly qualified, Lemire concluded. Lemire dated the ossuary as 63 A.D., History shows James, the brother of Jesus, being stoned to death in 62 A.D. In September of 2005, the forgery trial of Odin Golan, antiquities dealer Robert Deutsch, and three others began. The following information is from the October 2010 issue of the International Jerusalem Post under the title, Putting the Case to Rest with the Subhead. The judge considers his verdict in the five-year Jesus forgery trial. The reporter, Matthew Kalman, writes, The discovery in 2002 of a limestone burial box with the Hebrew inscription, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus, electrified the world of archaeology. If genuine, the burial box or ossuary would be the only archaeological artifact found with a possible direct link to Jesus of Nazareth. Amid international fanfare, the ossuary went on display at Toronto's Royal Ontario Museum and swiftly spawned numerous articles, scholarly studies, several documentary movies, and at least four books. 
But experts at the Israel Antiquities Authority declared it a modern-day forgery. Israel police seized the burial box and arrested its owner, Tel Aviv collector Odin Golan, and, and then in December of 2004, he was charged with faking the ossuary and dozens of other items, including an inscribed tablet linked to King Joash, which, if authentic, would be the only physical evidence from the Temple of Solomon. The indictment leveled 44 charges of forgery, fraud, and deception against Golan and 13 lesser counts against the co-defendant, antiquities dealer Robert Dooch. The trial of Golan, Dooch, and three others opened in Jerusalem District Court in September 2005. Last month, the defense ended its summing up with just two men left in the dock, bringing to an end five years of court proceedings that spanned 116 sessions, 133 witnesses, 200 exhibits, and nearly 12,000 pages of witness testimony. The prosecution summation alone ran 653 pages, end of quote. The summation of the issue of the Jesus box is now complete. The following paragraph was written by Suzanne Singer in the May-June 2012 issue of Biblical Archaeology Review under the title, Defendants Acquitted in Forgery Trial. As I write, the news is fresh. By the time you read this in bar, however, surely nearly everyone knows that the defendants, Golan and antiquities dealer Robert Dooch, were acquitted on all counts of forgery. End of quotes. The inscription on the ossuary read, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus. The word of God is true and righteous altogether. Every jot and every tittle, miracles and all. This is the place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Job forty fifteen through 17, Behold now behemoth which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. God said, Psalms 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God said, Psalms 14, 2 and 3, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men, to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Man said, Supernatural things found in the Bible are only myths. And certainly, supernatural things don't happen today. Everybody with an ounce of sense knows this. Now you have the record.